0: This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. You know who looked like he was having a great time yesterday? Ontario Premier Doug Ford. I haven't seen a smile that
1: big on his face for two years. Yeah, well, when something big goes down, he's always threatening to hop in his truck and do something about it. And he actually did yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> Jim, you
0: were watching TikTok and, and following the social media
1: posts with Doug Ford. What were you seeing the premier doing uh, during the snowstorm yesterday? He was hopping out and uh, digging out cars who had got stuck on the road. Uh, you know, there's foot and a half of snow. These these cars aren't going anywhere so, anywhere. so he got his little shovel out the back of his vehicle and started shoveling. He picked up a couple people, put them in the shotgun and uh, drove them home, I think, or to work. I don't know. He's giving people rides. And it is funny because everybody is chirping Doug Ford, but would you it's it's clearly a publicity stunt. He's a politician. They yeah, he made sure for a reason. He made sure the camera was there. Yeah, but also I don't know if he had his own photographer, but people were taking pictures. It's a spectacle. However, I think it's a good spectacle. It's a neighborly thing. He was actually helping one guy at a time, and he looked like he was enjoying himself doing it. Sure. He was happy to help. Have you ever seen Justin Trudeau Pick up a shovel. He'd be like, I think the snow has as much of a right to be here as I do, and uh, <laughs> you're asking for more than I can shovel right now. So you, does does Justin
0: where, Trudeau know what a shovel is? Yeah, he's like, that's that's something the help generally does. <laughs> well, he, he does know what a
1: shovel is because he shovels the BS nonstop. <laughs> he does dig a lot of holes. <laughs> um but he here. He is on CP24, uh, driving around. I guess he's on another mission here. But this is yeah, reporter on CP24 talking to him on Facetime. Premier Doug Ford, who joins me now. Good morning, Mister Premier. Hi, George. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to talk to you, sir. Look, uh, God rest his soul. Mel Lastman had the army, but you're an army of one today. What are you been doing? Well, just picking people up, checking on on people, George. Like everyone else is helping out. Cars are stuck all over the place. Fire! Fire! A fire truck down the road here is trying to get to someone's house. I guess they, they have a an emergency down here. But just making sure people are safe in their cars and uh, and any anything I can I can do to help them. And here's another uh, gentleman right here. I'm just gonna go <laughs> over and interview. The like car's that. empty. Yeah, just making sure the cars. Uh, you know, people aren't uh, stranded. Anyway, there's the one man army. Doug, one man army Ford. <laughs> But just to show you, you can't win.
0: After that appearance on CP24, people were complaining about Doug Ford driving while distracted.
1: Of course.
0: One of the biggest snowstorms ever, and he's got his cell phone going while he's driving down the road. And... There was a
1: little backlash over that. Sure. I'm sure he's going 20 kilometers. We just live in a generation of rats. Everybody wants to rat on somebody about <laughs> the car. You know, oh, Louis, he shut kinda, up. He kind of ratted
0: himself well, out. He yeah, was guess, driving with his phone on <laughs> Well he, he was on I mean, television.
1: <laughs> let's be serious. There's more important things for the police to be doing at this moment. Yeah, they were pretty busy
0: yesterday. Well, I'm glad you had fun out there yesterday, Dougie. And, uh, and kudos to anyone who was doing the same thing, getting their shovels out helping plow their neighbors' driveways, all the emergency service vehicles and tow trucks and and snow removal crews that were out there yesterday getting uh, getting us into the situation we are in today where you can actually drive to where you want to go. Yesterday, even though we had all that inconvenience and, and headache going on, we also had something really cool going on online with our Betty White Challenge. Yesterday would have been Betty White's 100th birthday. And if you know anything about Betty, she was a big supporter of animal charities. She loved her dogs, and she loved supporting uh, organizations that helped animals. So we encourage people to go online and make a donation to whatever animal charity they could in honor of Betty White. And we actually had our friends, Richard and Jamie... Sorry, Robert and Jamie from the Golden Girls podcast, Wait, I Don't Get It. They challenged Jim Kelly, who is now a new Golden Girls fan. Working on it. You've seen one or two episodes, Jim? Just the one. Just the one? Okay. Mm -hmm. But you liked it? Yep. You liked it. So they did Golden Girls trivia with Jim. And for every question he got right, they said they'd donate $50 to Salt Haven, which is an animal rescue in Kamoka, Ontario. Things didn't go too well, and Jim was a little a uh, little flustered about the questions.
1: Well, I, I thought these questions were going to be like. What's her f- one name? One of her friends. Like I didn't think they were gonna be this difficult, guys. I've seen one. Name
0: one of her fellow
1: golden girls. Yes. What's her favorite, you know, color of
0: pastel shirt to wear? I don't know. You got one right. So fifty dollars going
1: to Salt Haven Animal Rehabilitation Center. There. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm going to put another fifty on top of that. I feel guilty. I didn't get. I should have done. I should have done my homework. Since I dropped the ball here, I will. I will give you guys fifty bucks to donate as well.
0: You know what, Jim? Because you were such a good uh good, such a good sport, the show's gonna donate the entire two fifty to Salt Haven.
1: So now we got three hundred. Three hundred dollars!
0: <laughs> Worked out in the end, and judging by the reaction online, a lot of donating being done in Betty White's name yesterday. Lori Ling posts, Don, I just donated to Simbas in Woodstock. They're doing great things for our feline friends. Simbas. Miranda says, I donated to the Stratford-Perth Humane Society. Patricia Stalker, the Niagara Dog Rescue, made a donation. Not-for-profit, rescued and adopted 1,644 dogs last year, and it's totally volunteer run. Mm. That's great. Danny, I chose the London Humane Society today, RIPBW. I'm now re-watching the Golden Girls. Boy, they're making me smile and laugh. It's a funny show, man. It's a funny show. We donated to Bullies in Need in honor of my golden girl, Shorty. That's from Sarah. Must be Bulldogs? She put a little little picture of Shorty there. I don't know what... Poor Shorty. What do you have her dressed in, Sarah? A little hoodie. Does it look like a bonnet? Is that a baby (laughs) bonnet you put on that tough-looking dog? What are you doing? Alicia, I chose the Kitchener Guinea Pig Sanctuary. It's where we got our girls in the spring and they've been an intensely welcome addition to our home. There you go. Just some of the donations made to honor Betty White yesterday with our hashtag Betty White Challenge. If you missed it, you still want to make a donation? Betty's watching. I'm sure she'll appreciate it.
1: I want to see you peacock, peek-a-ka-ka, cock,
0: cock, your peacock, time for sports devin peacock our sports guy is here and dev uh, we want to punish you this morning and get you to pronounce some tennis names always fun huh bring it on okay uh tell us what's going on in the australian open how are our canadian competitors doing
2: well, uh, we have uh, one moving on, one not moving on. Felix Oje Aliasim has advanced uh, now that we can focus uh, purely on tennis in Australia. However, Leila Fernandez, who was the darling of the tennis world in Canada, United States, everywhere, after she made it to the U.S. Open final last year, lost her first-round match to Madison Inglis, uh, a Australian native So uh, she almost uh, went from being the darling to losing to the darling, uh, Madison Inglis, uh, winning on home court, just the first round, uh, but moving on.
0: Layla is such a likable
2: character, isn't she? She is. I mean, I think everyone is uh, looking for her to build on what she did last year. She started this tournament ranked 23rd in the world. She'll go down a little bit because of this loss. However, she's got a a big career ahead of her and hopefully a big year ahead of her. I have all the confidence in the world that she can take what she had last year and use it as fuel to take a next step uh, this year.
0: Hey, Dev, out of curiosity, what's the guy's name that Felix
2: uh, beat to move on? Well, uh, funny you ask. He beat the Pride of Finland, Emil Rusevori, (laughs) in uh, five sets to advance. It was a real tough match. Could you spell that for us, please? (laughs) Can do. R-U-U-S-U-V-U-O-R-I.
0: Rusevori. that name has more use per capita than any <laughs> i've heard in my life okay uh, the, the story that's been overshadowing the actual tennis tournament down there is novak's djokovic and uh, and his battle to get permission to play even though he hasn't been vaccinated for covid where are we standing with that
2: Well, Novak had Novak, so now he has no matches and he might have no French Open because France has passed a law similar to what Australia has on the books. So it is very possible that uh, Novak Djokovic may be denied entry to France to play in the French Open if uh, he is still in the same situation, unvaccinated, and the world generally is in the same situation. I mean, there's a lot of countries that are going to be facing the same question that Australia did. Does Canada allow him to play in Canada in this this summer in Montreal when the uh, tr- WTA comes to this country? Does the United States let him in to play the US Open? Does he get into England to play uh, Wimbledon? All these countries are going to be in the same position as Australia because all these countries are in the same b- basic position as australia in terms of allowing vaccinated and unvaccinated people into the country in this country unvaccinated players in the nba and the nhl cannot come into the country to play so would novak djokovic be any different as we stand right now he would not we are just over
0: two weeks away from the start of beijing 2022 the winter olympics and Jim, I know there's a lot of uh, politics that are overshadowing the games this time around. I'm actually thinking about doing a full on boycott of the Winter Games for any event that Canada doesn't medal in. <laughs> I am boycotting the games brave. completely. Very brave. Unless we get a medal <laughs> in that event, that'll show them, teach them a lesson and the U.S. not sending the diplomats, how is China ever going (laughs) to (laughs) recover? You may not even be cheering for Canada this time around. Uh, You
1: jumping on the Jamaica bandwagon there, Jim Kelly? For one particular sport, I mean, we all know the classic uh, cool running situation where Jamaica has a bobsled team. Some people say you know them got belief. Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. We have yes. this Wanderers. And <laughs> no junior. You sunk. The fastest of the fastest of Jamaican sprinters. Go to Olympics, fight for Jamaica. Anyway, has a, uh, Jamaica has a bobsled <laughs> team this year. Kind of a big deal. Uh, they had one. They Like, this was a documentary essentially because there was a Jamaican well, bobsled team. I think team. there is
0: a little creative license.
1: But <laughs> no one was, guy had an egg on him the whole time. It was inspired by an actual Jamaican bobsled team. Yes. Well, yes. Well, I hope there's going to be a new uh movie out Cool with, Runnings too. Cool Runnings, but this time not bobsledding. An alpine skier from Jamaica has qualified. But do they have a
0: bobsled team?
1: They do have a bobsled team, but they're so they have that in the Winter Olympics. Plus, this year, for the first time ever, an alpine skier from Jamaica. And I feel comfortable cheering for him because he is Jamaican, but he learned everything he knows about skiing in Canada. He moved to BC when he was 32. 32 years old, had never seen snow. He was like a party DJ. And he he just randomly moved to Revelstoke, which is actually the hill I'm going to in February. Was DJing a party there, and then he went and met some people. They're like, "You got to try skiing." He's like, "Okay." He's that was six years ago. He is now Jamaica's greatest alpine skier in history, and he started at age thirty-two. So he's
0: thirty-eight. Yeah, and he's going to the
1: Olympics. He is representing Jamaica. I don't think he has high hopes to really crush it or medal. But still, just getting there is incredible. Fun story. Cool runnings, too. That's the plot. Mm-hmm. You got the party DJ aspect. That could be some good comedy. Sure, sure. Cool jumpings. I don't know. It's got to be slightly different. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, uh huh. What's the guy's name? Oh, uh, Alfred something. Al something. I don't have the story in front of me. Okay. But watch for Al, the Jamaican, the greatest Jamaican
0: alpine
1: skier of all time. <laughs> is his last name Pine? Sorry, his name is his last name is Al. It's Benjamin Alexander. That's okay. his full name. My mistake. Benjamin Alexander Pine. <laughs>
0: Benjamin Benny Alpine. They Benny call Alpine.
1: Him. <laughs> hey, bud. You know, interesting stuff happens in the country. Two, some, sometimes. So I guess she's time for the Rural Report. The Rural, Rural? Rural Rural Report. There we go, bud. Hey,
0: it's Taz and Jim, and we like to keep track of what's going on in some of the smaller communities across the listening area and across the country. That's why we do the Rural, 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 Rural Report. There you go, bud. There you go, bud. And who better to keep us up to date than small town boy gone good Jim Kelly the pride of Mitchell Ontario Mhm Where are we going with the report today Jim
1: Manitick not Manitowoc County no Manitick which is uh, all up by Ottawa the actually the Rideau Canal goes right through it It's uh, beautiful
0: I've spent my I have an aunt and uncle in Manitick very nice uh, part of the province mm mm-hmm. Mhm
1: Maybe a low IQ there or something I don't know Maybe there's a mistranslation of road signs You know, bilingual I don't know what happened that led to this, Taz But whenever I think of winter and rivers I always think of water skipping You ever heard of water skipping before? What's that? That's like when a snowmobile goes flying across a half-frozen river Or pond or lake and like skips across it That stuff stresses me out, dude I I would never try that If that's your thing, good for you Well, someone was inspired But uh, a lady, instead of taking her Articat across the Rideau Canal, took her yellow Subaru SUV for a spin. Down the Rideau Canal, driving about, I don't know, I'm guessing 80 to 100 kilometers an hour because there's video of children playing road or sorry, ice hockey on a little patch that they scraped off the ice there. A yellow Subaru goes flying across the river. Car! Thank <laughs> <Like, laughs>
2: like God!
1: She was in the middle of the river and they were near the bank. What a maniac. Anyway, well, the joyride didn't last very long because eventually that car plummeted through the ice and she was spotted standing on the roof of the submerged SUV, standing on just like a foot that was above the water still, taking a selfie while people attempted to go and rescue her. She took that as her opportunity to get some clout online and post it to TikTok of her on top of a car She's about to die, and I think that's why they call it TikTok, because whenever you post a video like this, you're seconds away from (laughs) passing away. Uh, Some people ran out onto the ice. Another guy grabbed a canoe uh, or a kayak, whatever it was, and dragged it across the snow, got out there, got in the canoe or kayak, got her on the boat, brought her back to shore. Anyway, she survived. But oh boy, isn't that the great irony? You take what could be the greatest selfie of all time but you can't post it because you're an idiot. You look like a moron. What filter did she use? You know? <laughs> Duck face. She is on the water.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And she told the the police when they were like, What why were you doing that? She was like, It was fun.
1: Is that it? I was trying to find, at one point I was like, I hope she's drunk, and I've never thought that in my life. But if this was a sober person making it, that life decision. It doesn't make any sense. We've posted pictures. If you want
0: to see this submerged SUV and the woman standing on on the roof of the back of it as it's sinking into the Rideau Canal, (laughs) taking her
1: picture, we've posted that on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. I will say the visual you got to love is whenever the vehicle is three quarters of the way in the water, but the four ways are still on. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what was going on with this girl. I want to see you.
0: Time for sports. Devin Peacock is here from Global News Radio. Well, we now know who's going to be playing my Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3 o'clock on Sunday in the NFL. It's going to be the Rams, and boy, they put it on a show last night.
2: I thought the Arizona Cardinals would have put up more than a, of a fight than this, but they basically kind of rolled over here for the Rams. The Rams look really strong. Matthew Stafford, former Detroit Lions quarterback, finally gets his first career playoff win. Congrats to him. I don't know if Lions fans are happy about that or a little bit sad, but the LA Rams uh, looking really strong ahead of their matchup against the Bucks. The Manning
0: brothers doing the Manning cast during the game. Eli and Peyton
2: had a special guest on the show. The Rock joined them. Uh, The Rock. uh, And first off, let me just say again, the Manning cast is one of my highlights of the NFL season, but The Rock joined uh, the Mannings uh, yesterday. His name, of course, The Rock. Peyton Manning's nickname is The Sheriff. And so earlier, The Rock had teased he was going to give Eli Manning a nickname, and he ended up giving him a nickname that's uh, kind of dark. He called him... H-C-M, human carbon monoxide, because he is the silent killer.
1: (laughs) I don't know what makes him the silent killer,
2: but he's the silent killer. He never talks, unlike
1: Peyton, who, you know, is known for having a personality. Eli's like, (laughs) duh, I stole football.
0: It sounds like it sounds like a bad flatulence with a nickname like human carbon monoxide, doesn't it? Silent but deadly killer. Yeah, silent killer. Silent but violent. <laughs> the other thing that people were noticing online was uh, was the decoration that the rock has in his house.
2: Wait, what is oh, that? You got a T Rex behind you? What is that? A dinosaur? I got a T Rex skull. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's, it's that's Stan. As a matter of fact, so Stan was the. Uh, Uh, Is the most complete T-Rex skull ever found uh, by a paleontologist, a young paleontologist, and his name was Stan, so this T-Rex head was named after him. Pretty cool and badass, isn't it?
0: Okay, I looked it up. If that is a real T-Rex skull, there was one called Stan that was auctioned off for, last time it went, $31.8 million in 2020 to an unknown buyer. If that's the real T-Rex skull behind the rock, it's worth over $32 million.
1: I feel like if it was the real one, he would have said that. Unless he didn't want somebody breaking his house and stealing it. I don't know. I feel like that's way too important for a, just a movie star to have hanging up. Be careful, The Rock. This is how Nicolas Cage went went broke.
0: He started buying dinosaur bones. You know you have yeah, too they, much money when. what happened
1: to him. He had to break into the White House and steal the Declaration of Independence <laughs> to pay off his debt. Uh, if it's a
0: replica, apparently it's worth around uh, $12,000 U.S. That's more my speed. <laughs> <laughs> All devs' dinosaur uh, skeletons are, are replicas if you go to his house. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <coughs> Time to tell you about the latest thing that's not good for you. Uh oh. Do you do this, Jim? Falling asleep with the TV on is apparently bad for you. No, no, I don't have a TV in the bedroom. Me neither. I can't do it. I, I'll be half asleep and then I'll hear like a commercial or something
1: come on that'll catch my interest and I'll perk right back up. Especially when the commercials are twice as loud as the regular show. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Or even if you, yeah, even if you watch anything that has like gunshots in it, like the dialogue will be really quiet, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're dozing off, and
0: well, that that's actually the science behind it. They're saying that uh, I, our brain's way of protecting us while we're sleeping is when you hear an unrecognizable noise or voice, you become alert because. Back in the day, uh, you know, you're out you're there hunting in the woods and you're trying to get some sleep. You hear some noises.
2: A you twink wanna, snap.
0: Yeah, you want to wake up and, and deal with the issue. Of you, course. You think there's a threat coming. So if you hear a random voice as you're dozing off, you're going to wake up even if it's slightly and you're not going to get as deep asleep with the TV on. Oh, man, especially
1: depending on what the voice is saying. Oh, doesn't he look cute while he's sleeping? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <sighs> what commercial is that? <laughs> Ultrapedic or Pedic Ultramatic
0: bed. <laughs> <A> shamwow. <laughs> oh, don't you look cute while you're sleeping. <laughs> huh?
1: What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Buy a shamwow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say if you are going to fall asleep, because a lot of people, they do need the TV on to fall
1: asleep. It's part of their routine. I get that because it's like distract. It it quiets your brain a little bit.
0: Yeah. If you do use the TV to help you fall asleep, they recommend that you use the sleep timer. So that way, once you doze off, the TV will go off too and you won't hear, don't you look cute while you're sleeping? (laughs) In the middle of the night. Affecting your REM there, your your deep sleep. Spider-Man, No Way Home. Biggest movie of the year. One of the biggest movies of all time, actually. And when you're in one of those movies, you sign a, like a confidentiality agreement. You can't spoil it. You can't say anything about your role in the film. And apparently, Andrew Garfield took that very seriously. He was happy to be back in the role of Spider-Man. He didn't want to ruin it for himself or for anyone else. To the point where he didn't even tell his ex-girlfriend and former Amazing Spider-Man co-star Emma Stone about the fact that he was in the new movie.
1: Emma kept on texting me and she was like, are you in this new Spider-Man film? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She was like, shut up. Just tell me. I'm like, I honestly don't know what I kept it going, even with her. It's hilarious. And then she saw it. She was like, you're a jerk. Good for him. He, he's a vault man. Well, it's his ex girlfriend. What are you are you sharing secrets with your exes? Yeah, that's such an easy secret to keep. And then you get <laughs> to keep her on the fishing pole, and be like, Oh, she's interested.
0: Not gonna um, tell her. Uh you know what I realized when I saw this story? All three Spider Men from Spider Man No Way Home have consummated the relationship with their Mary Janes in real life. Toby Maguire dated kirsten dunst andrew garfield dated emma stone Hmm. and tom holland is currently
1: dating zendaya now this this actually i think agrees with my conspiracy theory that the Zendaya Tom Holland thing is a publicity stunt. Now, I don't know, but I... You mean, don't think they're really dating? They could be, maybe, but it's awfully convenient that right before the movie's gonna come out, they all of a sudden become the star couple. Now, people fall in love on set all the time. That's totally understandable. They spend all a lot of time, of time together. together. But you're telling me every single... Because sp- that's what we all want, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's just a perfect, you know, situation for publicity. It's just it's a little too convenient it's
0: dangerous too you're you're playing with fire because if you got to make three more movies with somebody and you have a bad breakup (laughs) it's awkward every day for the next 10 years of your life yeah yeah (laughs) how about this a single page of a spider-man comic just sold for 3.36 million dollars us in dallas texas at an auction it's taken from marvel's secret wars number eight comic And it's the first appearance of Spider-Man's black symbiote costume, the one that goes on to become Venom. Mm -hmm. So the the original artwork, of course, of this comic book page just sold for $3.36 million, smashing the record previously held by another comic page in an X-Men Wolverine comic. Um, Yeah, that's... uh, I I would say that's crazy to
1: buy it, but how much is it going to be worth in 25 years? Yeah, it's just funny to think where art is now, like, now a Spider-Man comic page is worth as much as the Mona Lisa. I mean, not as much, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like getting it's getting there. up there in those conversations. Yeah, I should have,
0: uh, I should have spent my money differently back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.